Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to this broadcast of the PRISM4 School of Small Business. I'm Salome Chung. If you're new to the broadcast, please um, like the video, subscribe, tell your friends about us. Um, if you're returning, thank you for your support. Um, please continue to subscribe and share our videos. Uh, we really appreciate it. Please leave your comments. Um, that gives me some direction as to the kind of information you guys are seeking. So um, today's topic is, as you well, if you've watched my videos and subscribed to my channel, you know we discuss all things small business. And one of those things is that's major is funding. And we're always talking about that. So today I'm going to take a different direction as it relates to funding. Um, as you know, ERC has been in the news lately. Um, everyone's offering ERC services. So today I want to shed some light, provide some clarity as to what ERC really is, um, who qualifies for it, um, is it right for you, um, do you pay it back, what are the tax ramifications? Those are just some of the aspects of the ERC that we're going to cover today. And to help me with this, I have a small business owner, Grace Connaught, with me. She is my special guest today. And Grace is a small business owner, and she helps business owners um, with funding issues and finding funding. So without any further ado, I want to welcome Grace to the broadcast. Um, Grace, please tell the audience um, what you do in terms of ERC and, and exactly what ERC is. And uh, I would appreciate it if you would go into a um, somewhat detailed description, because a lot of times I, as a small business owner myself, when you ask people who are supposedly offering ERC services, they don't really give you a lot of detail. So welcome, Grace. Go right ahead. Thank you so much, Salome, and thank you for having me. And so, yes, we are so excited about um, the funding that has been available since the pandemic started. And um, the ERC actually stands for the Employee Retention Credit, okay? And so you'll hear that term a lot today, ERC, and we're, but that's what it stands for. Now, this particular grant um, has been, it was issued in the CARES Act, and it is for uh, both for-profit and non-for-profit entities um, that had W-2 employees. So I'm going to just slow down for a second and speak slowly so people can really catch this. You, you needed to have be in business in 2019, 2020, and 2021. And you needed to have um, W-2 employees during that time. Let's say that you were only in business in 2019 and 2020. Well, you certainly could qualify for that, um, potentially. And then also, um, there is a special factor, Salome, in the CARES Act that says if you started your business after February 16th, 2020, there are ways then that you can qualify um, for the ERC. And so we can completely go ahead and break this down. 
Um, but this, you know, Salome, uh, basically I have a background. I have multiple businesses. I have a background in a lot of different things. I've worked in over 80 countries, um, just had a fabulous life. But when the pandemic happened, um, I started helping people get funding from the pandemic. And so I added that to my plate. Now, I've worked with all the programs. And to me, for the businesses that do qualify, the ERC is actually one of the most um, abundant. There is more monies available uh, for those that qualify. The other thing that's great, Salome, is that it is a grant. So this is money that does not have to be paid back. The other exciting thing is unlike the PPP or the EIDL, this, these funds can actually, these monies can be used towards anything. So they don't have to be paid back and they use, they can be used towards anything. Now you might say now, Grace, and, and I truly do work with all size businesses, but you might say, Grace, how much are we talking? So I thought I would give you three live examples of companies that I'm actually working with right now. Um, and one had two and a half um, to three employees. And one had um, 20 employees and one has 300 employees. And I, I kind of just want to break that down with examples. So the one with three looks like they're going to qualify for around $60,000, Salome, okay? The one with 20 has qualified for $378,000, okay? And the one with 300, we're looking at around $4 million. So... It's very serious money and the fact that it's not a loan, that you don't have to be, that it does not have to be paid back and the entity um, can use it for in, anything is really, really exciting. Now, I will say a couple of things. It sounds, it sounds really exciting because um, often when the federal government gives out money, it's never free money. <laughs> you have to, in some way, shape or form, pay it back. Now, while you're giving, while you're expanding on the examples, Grace, if you would, um, at the end, kind of give us a, an idea of the difference between the PPP and the ERC, um, and does um, does ever if you who if you qualify for the P PPP, can you still qualify for ERC? Because sometimes, you know, the the especially during um, post COVID, where you had all these programs, it can get a little tricky as to which ones you should apply for, what applies to you, and and a lot of businesses have gotten into trouble, especially um, with the PPP. So if sure. you were sure. So I want to say a couple things up front. The ERC is definitely the most complicated. Wow. So I want to add to the fact that um, the law on it cha has changed about three times with anything grandfathered in along the way. Um, so with all of that being said, there's been a lot of confusion around it. Okay. Um, and basically there are six quarters that you can qualify for between 2020 and 2021 and the parameters to qualify for those quarters are different. So if you can imagine that there is just a lot of factors that go into understanding and Salome, truthfully, 
when I started helping people with funding, pretty much it was very simple. When I hit the ERC and started running with that, I realized there's a lot more to study here. And I actually did a deeper, deeper dive um, just to have a full understanding and to know exactly what's entailed. I also want to mention, it's very important if you're on here and you're not sure and you have been told by an accountant or you've been told by somebody that you don't qualify, that is not a specialized company in the ERC, you want to get a second opinion. Uh, what I found out, Salome, is that a lot of CPAs, although they're wonderful at what they do with taxes, they have not taken the time to do the kind of deep dive that is needed for the program. And so you really just want to make sure you're talking with someone who studied it, who knows how it works, and isn't just guessing whether you qualify or not. Awesome. Is there a, is there a time limit, Grace? Because this has been, uh, it's been on for a while. And sometimes, you know, it takes a while for all businesses, especially those who don't think they qualify to catch on. And sometimes they miss the boat. So is there a time limit? Because this seems like an awful lot of money that the federal government has allocated to ERC. Salome, you are asking fabulous questions. Okay. Here's the great news. This is probably the best news of everything I'm saying today. Um, the, the real deadline for 2020 is not until next April. There can be exception to that. If you filed an extension, it can be put, pushed back a little bit further. Um, and then uh, for 2021, so that would be April 24. The deadline for 2021 is not going to be until April of 2025. So we've got some time um, to really work with and explore. A couple of things I wanted, want to mention that are just, you know, um, companies that are out there that are larger, that are, ex, that are um, experts in this, okay? And I'm actually partnered with a couple of them. Um, but companies out there that are experts in this sometimes do not handle under five employees, wow. okay? And so that means if you have under five employees, you could still qualify, but it's just that certain companies are only handling a certain number of employees and above. And so you want to make sure that that's not a factor. Um, the other thing, thing Salami, that's an excellent thing to mention. If you are a small business owner and it's a for-profit entity, you cannot include yourself in the qualification process or any relatives. And actually that relatives is extensive. So we're talking daughter-in-law, so a non-blood relative. We're talking second great niece or, you know, what's removed, you know, there's, so that's interesting. Now, what's exciting about the not-for-profit um, not space is that there's no technical owners. And so any employee in that space can qualify. Now, did, did, um, did the, um, that entity, the not-for-profit, were they always part of ERC or was that added, re, you know, added after the fact? Because where I'm going, um, I, I wanna go down another lane here on behalf of solopreneurs. And uh, it's a shame that with 
all this money that's out there to assist small business, a lot of whom are solopreneurs. Um, and because they're not W-2 employees, I know with the PPP, it's different. Um, as long you as the sole employee, solopreneur qualifies with the ERC, it's different. And I'm thinking it's, it's you know, solopreneurs out there probably throwing their hands up, oh, you know, why not us? So it, what you've seen, did they come on board later on with the nonprofits? And is there a chance you think for solopreneurs? In, that's a great question. People? Yeah, that's a great question. So let's break this down for a minute. Um, and what's great is, and Salome, you know, the background, I actually have a background in gospel music. So I actually have worked with pastors all over the world. And when I realized, and including the U.S., of course, when I realized that both ministries and pastors at nonprofit, even if they're a one-person ministry or two-person ministry, if they're under a nonprofit and they paid themselves as a W-2 employee, again, we, we're not dealing with any 1099s here. They paid themselves with a W-2 um, as a W-2 employee, then they potentially could qualify. Now, for the for-profit industry, um, you know, unfortunately, again, we're going back to owners, a single owner, even if they paid themselves with W-2 wage, would not be able to qualify. Again, if they have a relative, a non-relative, non-relative working for them, then they potentially could qualify based on what they paid that non-relative. So it can still be a very small business, but if they are a for-profit sole proprietor, uh, single entrepreneur in that business, and it's a for-profit, there's a, ch you know, a chance they would not. Okay, awesome. So um, uh, a lot of the research I've done on ERC, um, there's also always mention of um, it, it's tied to tax. It's, it's, there are a lot of tax ramifications. So if you could explain to um, business owners out there who are maybe uncertain or they're um, nervous about getting the ERC just because they don't know how that will affect their taxes as a, as a business owner and what are the requirements in terms of taxes um, once you gain, once you get access to, to ERC funding? Absolutely, absolutely. So we'll break this down a little bit. And so um, basically, let's just say you're a business and I am um, the ERC, Salome, it's based on payroll, okay? And so let's say from, we go through all the quarters, you know, we go through all the uh, W-2 employees that you do have that are non-related. And let's say that we come up with a number that you are able to receive $100,000. I like easy math. <laughs> so um, with that $100,000 that you would receive, and first of all, I do want to say this, um, forms are mailed in. Uh, this money is actually paid back from the IRS and forms are mailed in. And then it can take three to eight months um, there's just really no guarantee how quickly that money can be returned. Everything gets prepared, sent in, and then on their time frame, 
it's mailed back to you, okay? And, or to the owner. And so um, what's amazing is we're just gonna give an example. I can continue to give examples. We'll start with this first one. We're gonna say that you qualify for $100,000. Now, what, that, what happens is your forms get amended that um, it's called a 941 quarterly payroll form that you use. And that gets amended to actually show that you paid 100,000 less in payroll than you did. And so that gets amended, keep that in mind. That is what is getting you back the 100,000, okay? Now, because you counted that payroll in your original return, your business return, you no longer can re can deduct that hundred thousand from that particular year. So we'll just use an example that that was from uh, twenty twenty that you received that hundred thousand from. You would want to go in and not only had we amended the quarterly reports, we're going to have you are going to with your accountant amend the annual report to show a hundred thousand less in payroll ah okay. okay and so then you would be responsible for whatever tax different that difference that is but now so let me what that means if you can imagine this if you're getting a free and, and we're not supposed to use the word free but you're getting a grant for a hundred thousand okay um then you would be responsible to to pay basically taxes on that amount and amend those forms. Awesome, that is, that is a great um, great example, Grace. And I I really like that you use um, live ex, ex, practical examples, so someone who's never done this can get an idea of what it means for them. Now the IRS um, has issued a few warnings regarding ERC. Um, it, it, it would seem to me that as, uh, you know, with everything, there's always, um, a scam. <laughs> it, it, you are, you are well advised to use a professional, a qualified professional when you're going for ERC, because if you get the money and you weren't supposed to get the money, then you're going to have to repay it with taxes and interest. So. Just for just a warning for you guys out there, um, be very careful about people who are promising you, you can get this, you can get that. It can really come back to bite you. I mean, that happened a lot with PPP. And I, I dare say the, um, the IRS and the government is really um, maybe being more vigilant about how they allocate these funds and really following up. So. Um, for for those people, Grace, who have gotten the PPP, I mean, not the PPP, the ERC, we're talking ERC, Salome, um, gotten the ERC, they've got this money, you say there are no, um, no restrictions as to what they can spend it on. That can be a little tricky. Because you know people, there are some people who aren't going to necessarily use it for business or for business-related matters. 
Um, are there any restrictions or accountability that you see um, in terms of um, how the money is spent? Absolutely not. They have stated that this money, um, you know, I think my, I think the only thing I would say about that Salome is that they would keep it obviously in the business. So however that looks for them. Um, and at that point, you know, I don't think it's bad to consult with a tax person. Um, you know, sometimes there are vehicles that people can deduct 100% of the vehicle, there is equipment, there could be bonuses, there could be, you know, anything um, that it could be used for, but it might be smart at that point to consult, you know, as your tax person is amending, helping you amend your taxes from the years involved, you know, it could be good to get some advice about from them in, in regards to how this your particular business is structured and what your business could use and how that could be well spent. But you had restrictions on the PPP and the EIDL um, as to how that money could be spent and those restrictions are not here. Wow, that is, that is so interesting to me. Uh, I don't think I've ever heard of another federal program that is number one, free money, and number two, there aren't any restrictions about how you can use the money. And uh, the only um, requirement of, of the recipient is that they are responsible um, in a responsible in the way they file their taxes. Um, now, when you when you go to file your taxes, Grace, you sit in front of the tax preparer, accountant, whatever. Um, and you say, you know, I got 50 grand from uh, the ERC. And, and you haven't done, a, well, let me rephrase. Is there anything the small business owner need to do tax-wise before tax filing, the tax filing date? Are there any forms they need to fill out? anything they need to do other, other than, you know, they're doing it themselves and they have to fill out a particular form? Well, the forms get filled out um, per professionally. Um, the, the initial forms that are sent into the IRS get filled out professionally. I'm talking um, tax, not the operation. Correct, correct. So then what happens, we'll go back to that example with 100,000. So then what happens is that 100,000 is, um, um, you know, they would have to be responsible, as I mentioned, to amend a prior year based on whenever that money was qualified for. Um, and then as far as any future, no, because they're showing that from another year. Okay. What about businesses that may have subsidiaries outside of the country? Um, that is a great question. Um, and certainly um, my understanding is that it would be, it would probably depend on how it's structured. In a general take, you know, um, for example, if a ministry is earning money here, and I'm just mentioning this as an example, then, um, and they have, you know, um, they have to have W-2 employees paid here. Ah, uh, okay. So those are two tricks. 
you know, the, and truthfully, the, what, what is most important in that, in that comment is the W-2 employees that are paid here. If a company has W-2 employees that are paid here and they file U.S. taxes, then um, they should be able to qualify. And, and again, depending on how businesses are structured and, you know, some of those are very more specific questions, but, um, you know, technically I think there could be some monies involved. Awesome. And I imagine since there are no restrictions, uh, uh, a business that has um, subsidiaries or employees or branches outside of the country, there's no restrictions where the money can be spent. Yeah, 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 not to my knowledge. Wow. Uh, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm excited and flabbergasted, to be honest, that, you know, this is really and such an amazing opportunity for, for a small business who is struggling. And I guess that's probably the, the, the intent of the government is to really help those small businesses that didn't have access to PPP and who um, really needed the help. But, it, and it, it's amazing that, you know, they've taken away somewhat the bureaucracy from from ERC and made it simpler for those um, really small, truly small. Um, well, well, yeah, that's a great point, Salami. Just to hit on a couple of those things, anybody from one to 500 employees can qualify under this parameters. They do have parameters for companies that have over 500 employees. They're just different parameters. Um, the second thing I want to mention, which is a big misnomer, if you received a PPP, you can still qualify for the ERC. Um, originally, that was part of the laws that have changed and a part of the misconception out there is originally you could not do both. And now you can you are not allowed to use the money, the payroll monies that you counted towards your forgiveness in an effort to qualify for the ERC, but any other monies you can use. And there again are six quarters between, between 2020 and 2021 that you can qualify for. So often PPP monies, the forgiveness lasted 10 weeks. It could be any number, but you know, there was an average number in there. So you wouldn't use that, those particular weeks to qualify for ERC, but there's six quarters that you can use to qualify for. Awesome. Now for, for those people that you've helped Grace, what is the number one question that they've asked um, in terms of ERC? Well, number one is, do I qualify? And one of the most important things about that again is, there's six quarters. Somebody can qualify for just one quarter. Um, somebody can qualify for two quarters. Somebody can qualify for all six. Now, Salome, one of the most major qualifiers is um, a declining gross revenue. And it's, I'm just going to be very basic. And, you know, I'm happy to help anybody that has questions out there. But um, basically, um, if you experienced a declining gross revenue from using 2019 as a plumb line to 2020 and 2021. At, to, and there are different percentages there, but if you experience that, you could qualify. 
But now that's the most common qualifier, but there's quite a few more and I have them pulled up Salome. One I wanna mention that to me has become probably the second most qualifier behind the decline in gross revenue. And that's what they call a partial suspension. So that's less revenue-based and more based on operational. So during those quarters, if 10% of your, just 10% of your operations were affected, you know, then you could potentially qualify for that quarter. And um, that part is exciting. Uh, in terms of business reporting, Grace, does the ERC money, where, where do you put it in your uh, business statements? Is it, um, does it go on your income statement as income or are you supposed to um, qualify it as something special? Where, where does it go on your business reporting? You would want to seek your tax consultant for that. Um, it is considered grant money. Um, and so, you know, you would want to get with your tax consultant to see exactly as far as how your business is set up, how you'd want to report that. Okay. Um, what is the best advice? Well, I'm going to ask you a two-part question. Um, when someone gets um, that you've helped, gets the, qualifies, gets the money, um, do you provide after services um, for such a client, any advice you give them in terms of what they should do first when they get the money and, uh, um, you know, uh, they become your client now once they've got the money. So I'm guessing you have that sort of relationship with them. What's the best advice you've given? Enjoy. No, uh, so, but, you know, what, what's been great, Salome, is during this whole pandemic process, I've been able to help businesses and, and sole proprietors with funding. And so, you know, I was excited there was another program to be able to take to people and um, and offer it, you know, to them to see if they qualify. And to me, you know, a lot of the money that a lot of them can get is life-changing money. I, I would say this, Salome, is whatever, if you've not gotten it for whatever reason, you know, you're welcome to reach out to me, welcome to reach out. There's several companies that um, some I'm even partnered with that do this full-time that are incredible, but get information to make sure you don't miss out. You know, I can be on here and say, if you're a for-profit entity and it's just you and your wife and your son, you're not going to qualify. That's easy. But, okay. you know, if there's any question in there, um, make sure you're getting a couple of opinions. Again, there are a lot of tax people who are wonderful, who've been in the industry for years that have not done a deep dive and they just don't understand it. And so it's important if you're if you're feeling like your tax advisor doesn't understand it or is very shut down to it just to get a second opinion now can you qualify after the fact and by that i mean let's say a business has not filed their taxes for 2 years and um they're not quote unquote registered as a business um, but here's ERC and they want to get the money. 
can they now, for want of a better term, clean up their act? And would they still qualify? So my answer to that is possibly. Um, to clean up their act, you know, the, myself and the companies I'm partner with typically do not prepare taxes. So they would want to get with their tax person and clean up their act first, so to speak. Um, but because we have some time, Salome, yeah. because we have some time, it's quite possible that they could still qualify. And so, um, but normally with any entity, um, you know, I can pretty much listen to their story and find out if there's potential for them to qualify with a 10 or 15 minute conversation or an email, you know, just it's easy to kind of tell if you can go in that direction with somebody um, to see if they qualify. Um, and then from there, you know, you might get into more details. In someone who's already received ERC, um, let's say they may qualify for uh, for a quarter that they didn't claim when they first um, applied. Can they reapply? Yeah, absolutely. That's a fabulous question because it's done on a per quarter basis initially. So they would just amend the other, have the other quarter, you know, set up to be amended. Is um, there a limit to how many times you can reapply? No, if the if the if the facts are there, you know, and one thing I would in, encourage, um, I started to talk briefly, Salome. I'm going to read through this list I have pulled up. Um, you know, if um, here are some factors that, in addition to what we talked about earlier, with the um, there there can be a supply chain interruption. I'm just going to list several of these. But we talked about the decline in gross revenue. We talked about partial suspension. There's also, of course, a full suspension if your business had to stop because of the pandemic. Uh, potentially a change in business hours could be a qualifier. Um, a shutdown of supply chains or vendors. Reduction in services offered. Reduction in workforce. A disruption in your business. Division or department closes. Inability to visit a customer's job site. Suppliers were unable to make deliveries. Um, additional spacing requirements. Change in job role. There's so many different qualifiers that, and, and there's a couple more, but just um, to mention those, it, if the decline in revenue is not there, there could be some other things that happened to you during the pandemic where you could still qualify. And as you read down the list, um, I'm I'm thinking, you know, and maybe I'm pretty sure there there's a bunch of caveats. Um, but say, and what's interesting, really interesting to me, is how it's structured in terms of the the different quarters. So conceivably, a, a business maybe had employees, for example, in quarter three. I'm just picking a random number. And for whatever reason, they had to lay off that person. And now they're a solopreneur. Do they qualify for that for that quarter when they had a W-2 employee? Well, it's a great question, Salome. So the actual um, 
grant is based on when they did pay. Oh, okay. And so, um, you know, it's, it, what I love about this particular one is I really feel like it is designed to help businesses who carried through during the pandemic through hard times and continue to pay people. And that's who they are rewarding with this. And so, um, you know, every case is different, but the actual grant is based on actual W-2 wages that went out. So for the quarters that that person was paid, they might could qualify, um, et cetera. But um, when you, you, like I said, from the beginning, it's very intricate. It's simple, yet it's intricate. And so that's why you really do want an expert and you want to get a second opinion um, if for any reason you've been told you don't qualify. Um, I like that you mentioned that um, uh, qualifier about those businesses that continue to pay people. Um, that is so important and that, you know, it's really a reward for those people. Um, that's, uh, I really am glad you, you um, pointed that piece out in, in particular, because a lot of people might be thinking, oh, the government is just throwing free money at people and it's, you know, it's another giveaway, et cetera, et cetera. But it's, it's really important because a lot of people um, weren't able to continue paying people. So it, it's, 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 um, it's laudable that the, the federal government really um, wanted to reward those people and to make sure that, you know, they, they give them a, uh, a helping hand up to kind of push their business to the next level. So that that's really amazing. So um, is there anything else, Grace, as we wrap up that you would like to add? Any advice you would give um, to the audience? Um, you know, I will put your information in the description box. So if people miss you, uh, miss what you say, um, they can get in touch with you and have a further conversation with you about ERC. Um, but any any last any last thoughts, Grace, and any advice that you would give? Sure, I'd like to just do a quick recap, mm-hmm. and also um, Salome, I'm using an email for ERC that is called ERCQuickCheck at gmail.com. And so that is a great way that people can reach out to me. You're also welcome to add my phone number as well. But that is an email that I'm using specifically for this. Um, you repeat it, Grace? Sure. ERC quick check at gmail.com. And also, Salome, I'll, I would like to mention that I do offer um, a referral fee so that if people do know businesses, that I'm a big believer in that. If they do know businesses that, you know, may qualify, I'll be happy to talk to them. And whoever leads me to that business, I'm happy to give a referral fee. So I just want to mention that. But just to recap, if you're a for-profit business or a not-for-profit business uh, entity, is how I say it, um, then, you know, of course, you potentially could qualify Um, We want to just do a quick check and find out a little bit more about your business. 
Um, if you are for profit and everyone that works for you is a relative, um, it's not really going to go. But if you have one person that's not a relative or two people, here's another interesting fact I forgot to mention, Salome. Let's say that you have, I'm just giving a paraphrased example here, but let's say that you have five full-time employees and you have four part-time employees. Uh. Depending on the hours, those part-time employees can be combined, so to speak, to allow you to qualify for more. So that's kind of exciting as well. Um, but again, if, if you are a for-profit business and you have W-2 employees, if you were operational, what we're looking for primarily, Salome, if you were paying W-2 wages between 2019, 2020, and 2021, you were only paying, you know, let's say I had a, I had a client that had to close at the beginning of 2021, but guess what? He can still qualify for those quarters in 2020. The other factor is if for some reason you started your business or your entity after February, on or after February 16th, 2020, there's other parameters that can cause you to qualify for that time period as well. So I really feel like they've, they've gone out of their way to try and include as many people as possible. But just again, through a quick conversation and just a, a few generalities about your business, we can usually determine that you have a potential to qualify. And then you have to get into the numbers to see what you actually do qualify for. Okay. And are you on social, Grace? Where can they find you? I am on social media. Um, I have a, um, a personal page, just my name, Grace Cannot, on Facebook. Um, believe it's the same on um, uh, Instagram. Um, I have a ministry page as well from what you know I do outside of this. Um, but between um, the email address, you're welcome to give them my phone number. Um, I'm happy to check. And what I've done, Salome, I want to make it really clear, is I partner with a couple companies that are experts in this, along with myself, to where I bring them in for some of the bigger businesses to allow them, you know, at no extra cost to the company, I partner with them. And so I have heavyweights that um, are, you know, as, as companies get intricate with you know, their payroll and what they're paying people with a hundred employees and, and healthcare going out and, and, you know, all kinds of taxes going out. Um, I am partnered with a company that I do that together um, just so that it is done with every T dot, uh, crossed and I dotted. Awesome. Is there a, <clears throat> is the referral fee across the board or does it fluctuate based on size of company? Um, it can fluctuate. And one thing I'd love to mention, Salome, while we're on, because I, we did not talk about this, um, the way that people pay for the services. I'd love to mention that. Uh, um, well, right whether, ahead. That's important because you may qualify, but um, is it, am I going to pay for the service out of pocket or does it come from the proceeds of ERC? Most companies out there working with this, including myself, um, take a percentage after the funds have been received. And that makes it really nice for people because all the work gets done up front. They basically have a promise to pay. 
And then when they do receive the check, then that, you know, they pay then. Awesome. And that's a great note to, to end on. <laughs> it's, okay. been, it, it's been so great to have you on, Grace. I've certainly learned a lot. I hope my, uh, I'm pretty sure my audience has learned a lot about ERC, what it is, um, how do you navigate the process, uh, make sure you employ qualified professionals to, to walk you through it. Um, I want to thank my audience for um, tuning in. Um, and of course, you know what to do. Um, please like the video. <clears throat> Excuse me. It really does help um, to spread the information that we provide here far and wide. Um, subscribe to the channel as well and check the notifications so that you will be the first to um, check out uh, when a new video is posted. So once again, thank you so much for tuning in. Um, if you're new, love, um, I'm so grateful that you've decided to check out my videos and to my OGs. Thank you for <laughs> continuing to support. And as always, be well, and I hope to see you again soon.